Welcome to the Grit Growth Podcast. Commit to conquer, lead your life, leave a legacy, gather your grit, and let's get after it. Here we are. This is Bo Beery. I'd like to introduce you to Bo. He is certainly a paradigm of grit. He was high on our list of people we wanted to talk and share his story with you. He's in the multifamily business, and I won't get too deep into it because I know he can <laughs> explain right. it better than I can, but we're really looking forward to the conversation. I know that it's packed full of value for you. So that being said, let's get into it. So Bo, will you introduce yourself and just tell us a little bit about how you Yeah, you bet, man. I'm a commercial real estate broker, but I only sell apartment complexes in the northern half of Florida kind of your conventional apartment complex and student housing. My starting off journey was I went to the University of Florida and did a a marketing degree as my undergrad. Paid my way through college, uh, had scholarships, worked full-time. Then I went and worked for Trummell Crow Residential, which at the time was one of the largest apartment developers in the country. But I was just like a little on-site leasing agent. I mean, I was $30,000, $35,000 a year, and I just needed a job. My dream job I wanted was was as a personal trainer. When I was in my undergrad, I worked at Gaines Wealth and Fitness Center, which, which oh, yeah. you know, we, all, we all train at. Oh, yeah. And I fell in love with the training industry, wanted to be a personal trainer, didn't get my dream job. I was walking into the gym. Buddy of mine who worked for Tremble Crow, they were building Legacy of Fort Clark, which is an apartment complex here in Gainesville. I started there during new construction, fell in love with it. Um, I was doing my marketing degree at the time, and I decided, hey, I'm going to get my master's degree in real estate. Like I was, I was all in. I mean, I was seeing 800 people on this property pay for what at the time was like a $25 million asset, and I never saw the owners. I'm like, dude, I'm like, I got to have a piece of whatever this is. This is crazy. Mailbox money. Mailbox money. They got to figure it out. And so the University of Florida, I didn't know this at the time, was one of the top five in the country for the graduate real estate program. And it took me a year to get in. It was terrible. I'm, I'm not an SAT kind of taker. And I had to pass the GMAT. And I had to take it three times. I called the administrator every day for a year straight. Finally got in the program. Graduated from there. Went and worked for a gentleman named Mike Warren, who many of us locally know. Phenomenal developer, investor, owns office, retail, industrial, multifamily. And so I brokered and managed his portfolio for almost 10 years. And I just thought to myself, if I can be successful making one guy very wealthy and helping him build his company, what if I did this for 10 people? What if I did this for 20 people? And so an opportunity presented itself to acquire a Coldwell Banker and a Coldwell Banker commercial franchise with the Parrish family here in town who had owned those franchises for over 100 years at the time, bought into those companies, and we just grew it fantastically. It was awesome, awesome partnership and relationship. They basically ran the company. All I did was broker, commercial real estate, primarily multifamily. And then in 2020, I sold back those franchises to my partners, started my own little boutique firm called Bo Beery Multifamily Advisors, and the rest is history. <laughs> it sounds so easy. Yeah, yeah. That's, the, that's the problem. Though. Well, we're getting ready to get into the grit, right? Yeah. <laughs> I wrote down the path. I'm going to start tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, just, just, you know, three times on the GMAT, getting, you know, a year, calling every day to get into the, the grad school programs, you know, simple things like that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, 10 years of doing it for someone else right right Right. It's after that's all over, it's so easy to glance over that, but it's not in your life. As you guys know, at each one of those moments, when you're in that moment, it sucks. You yeah. know, you're just like, how do I get out of this? How do I improve my situation? I know I'm better than this. I know I can do more. I know if they let me into the program, I'm going to get all A's and kill it. I know if he gives me more responsibility, I can make more money. I know if I do this for 10 other guys, I can do better. But how do you get to that next step? And oftentimes, it's just sticking in it and doing the right things and stuff presents. 
presents itself. I think so many young people today, as soon as something ain't going right, they're they're changing jobs. They're moving around yeah. all yeah, over the place. Greener. And you know, our fathers and our fathers' fathers, they stayed at one company or just a couple of companies forever and ever. And they grew and they got better themselves. Right. And I feel like you can't master something until you just stay in that one lane and you become the best of the best of that one niche. Right. 10,000 hours? 10,000 hours. 10, that's what it is, right? right. I mean, I, I started in commercial real estate. I noticed multifamily was the best and I just niched. Within multifamily, I only did conventional and student and I only do over 10 units and I only do certain markets in the northern half of Florida. House. Scary, I say scary, there might be a better word for that. Was it to limit kind of what you're going after? Or did you always do that? Or did was it broad at first and then you narrowed it down and right. progressed? Great question, by the way. So when I got into commercial real estate, I was what we call a generalist, right? So I did office, I did retail and industrial, did multifamily, land, whatever it was, commercial real estate, I did it sure. and did it well. I was always among the top 20 producers in the world for Coal Banker Commercial. I ended the number two guy in the world for multifamily when I sold back the company. But I noticed how easy it was for a competitor to come in my market and gobble up market share because I wasn't a specialist and anybody can just do all the different trades. So about 2013, I hired a commercial real estate coach, someone who's dedicated to me one-on-one -on -one to do just that. And it was one of the best moves I ever made in my life. We've had a personal trainer before, you know, I've had a swim coach before, you know, I just never thought about a commercial real estate coach because I thought to myself, well, if they were any good, they Why? would be doing this, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, sure. I make more money than this right, guy. Right. What am I going to hire if him If you for? can't do, you teach. Right. right. You know, that's what, right. that's what the thought is. But when you think right. about it, like how many overweight, unhealthy guys coach NFL teams, coach the best of the best NBA teams, right? right. And so yeah. what they're doing, sure. they're following systems. They've watched the best of the best and they're teaching those principles. When I hire the coach, I said, hey, I want to make the same amount of money or more. I was fine to make that same amount of money the rest of my life. But I want my life back. I'm working too many hours. I got competition coming in, gobbling up my market share. And he says, we need to niche. Like we need to become the best of the best. And I was scared to death. I mean, you think about like, to me, I had the diversity of doing office, retail, industrial, different disciplines. And to just narrow my entire focus on one asset class that the government could change some rule on or whatever the case may be. And then I'd be toast. We started concentrating on marketing myself as an apartment guy, but still doing the other general stuff just to pay the bills. And then what happens is you get good enough at something when you do the 10,000 hours yeah. and you're just niching yeah. and niching and niching to where you're doing so much of that one thing that you don't need that other thing anymore. Right. Now you start to think to yourself, okay, well, shoot, I'm putting in 20 hours a week here and 60 hours a week here, but the 20 hours is now making more money than this. All right, right. now it makes more sense. So you almost had like a proof of concept or you're able to do a proof of concept with it. Yeah. Is, yes. is that normal in your industry? No, I mean, I brought on a couple team members that could handle the general transactions. And so I had a couple folks who could do that, who could bring in some of the income. I still nailed down the listings for them, but they could help bring them home, if you will, yeah. while I was building the side of the business. And someone else could still do that. They could work both sides. It's just, right. it's just more hours. It's more grit, but it's all temporary. And if you're doing all the right things and you've got a coach, I think a coach is like paramount in anything yeah. you're doing, you're going to be successful at it. And to be honest, in my business, if you ain't niching, you're done. And I think most businesses now, as we come, become so much more specialized, and, and the reality is the, you know, the world is more complicated. Yeah. There's more layers to everything. Mm -hmm. I mean, how many choices of yogurt do you have? Right. I mean, just <laughs> right. so, okay, now I got to have Greek yogurt, Greek coconut yogurt, Greek, you know, yeah. whatever it is. But yeah, that specialization, I think, is part of the world now. Again, it had to be scary. I mean, how do you overcome that fear? I mean, the coach helped you. I heard that. Yeah. 
but still you had the proof of concept but you still at some point had to leap yeah i saw other multifamily brokers who only did multifamily uh-huh. who i believed weren't any better than me they weren't special but they made the leap and and were successful and were successful i was successful at being a generalist and right. the, and the thought was if I took that same grit and hard work and discipline and made the phone calls and I did just one thing, how incredible could I be? Having the coach in your ear saying the same thing, having the support of a spouse, watching other multifamily right. brokers having done it, it gives you confidence. Right. Um, but it's it's always good to have that person in your ear who's talking you into it. Right. Mm-hmm. And I mean, within six months, it just, co- I mean, I just skyrocketed. It was nuts. Right. Wow. Interesting. So yeah. that fast. So you talk about a 10-year kind of plateau or grind. Yeah. Like day in and day out. I know this isn't permanent, but in, in 10 years, it feels permanent, right? So right. can you talk about what's your mindset at that time? Because you don't, at that time, you don't know that Bo Beery multifamily is coming, right? right? But you got your head down and you're grinding it out, waiting for, or, or just assuming, or just knowing that some opportunity that's bigger is coming, but you don't even know what it is yet. I'm big on the whole time I worked for somebody else. I worked in a manner in which I wanted to build my personal brand at the same time. I knew that I wasn't going to be there forever. My boss knew I wasn't going to be there forever. It's a certain confidence you have in yourself, I believe, yeah. too, right? right? Like If you have that feeling that what you're doing, you can be doing better, you're probably of the person who is born with the grid or has the grid or whatever it is. I don't know that you can teach grit. I think you can get better at it, but I liken it to when you go to a soccer field and there's 600 kids on the soccer field, everyone's playing, but there's always at a 600 kids, there's like 10 or 12 on the 20 different fields that are out there that are freaking psychopaths. I right. mean, they just, they're diving. They've got blood coming down their knees. They're they are elbowing. Right. They cry they're when they in. lose. Right. I mean, they're just, sometimes the parents look at them like, there's something wrong with that kid. Right. 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 But you can't teach that. Right. I mean, there are kids who you could have them coached by Michael Jordan, but if he doesn't have the grit and the fire to go out there, it's really tough. So here's right. what I'm going to slightly disagree, and then I think that it just has to be unlocked. I think that kids need a discovery phase, and I think we've talked yep. about this a little bit before, but there's a discovery phase that a lot of kids miss, and so that passion is the predecessor. Passion, and then you go through that 10-year grind yeah. plateau, that's when it turns into a purpose. So, so now it's like a trigger. In it's the, a trigger. It's yeah. unleashing it. So for me, it was construction. I knew when I dove into it, I had a passion for it, and then my eight years at CPPI, where I felt like I was just constantly banging my head into a wall right that's when i unlocked it that's the discovery phase is first then passion then purpose Mm. so the kids that can't find it they haven't discovered the right thing yet they need to go work in retail for six months and then go work in a restaurant for six months and then go work for construction for six months find it that's my opinion. I've got a little bit of psychology research to back that See, up. You, you want to be a personal trainer. Right. Coming out and, and, and you're getting great training, leadership. Joe and, and Gates will help them do a great job of, yeah. of, of maturing and really coaching their people. To talk about it at that kind of level to be able to have that kind of for sure. support system. So I want to give credit where credit's due on that one for sure. But here you were wanting to be a personal trainer, but that's not where you ended up. Right. right. That's not where you really got you motivated and got you geared. But you found purpose in it. That's right. Where you found purpose. And so 
you know, here I am coming out of the construction industry, but I found really my passions in teaching, coaching, being able to give back was really where I was at. And even the last five years of my construction career in a leadership position, I focused not on the numbers, but on the people. So yeah. my passion has switched. So having some of that same courage that you had to one, make that switch real estate, grind it out, go on your own, make the leap for Bo Berry, you know, on yourself, trying to make that bet on myself too. You know, there's, there's a lot of hidden grit behind that, just betting on yourself, that self-confidence that you talk about, the belief in yourself and oh. getting to that point. One of the purposes of a podcast like this is that person is listening to this yes. and can hear, and all right, they've gone through this, they've right. gone through that, you know, and just stick with it. That's 100% my so, hope. To do the unlock. Right. Right. Uh, right. I, I hope <laughs> we can unlock yeah. it yeah. for somebody. We talk to lots of different career paths and lots of different people and some in fitness, some in construction, what else? Real estate. I mean, we're, we're oh, architecture. Yeah. We've, we're hitting all kinds of different, and I'm hoping that one of these conversations, somebody will hear something that- and then it's clicks and it's right. like, oh, may maybe I should go explore that. I want to go back a little bit on you getting into the master's program. Yeah. Because you talk about the determination there, the perseverance, calling every day. It's a great story. At what marks did you look at that phone and go, uh, I'm going to call again? Or was it like, you're ready to call every day? Right. So I was ready. I, I made it fun. You had to have three things in order to get in this program. You had to have work experience. Yeah. I had a few years of work experience on the apartment complex. You had to have at least a three and a half GPA coming out of your undergrad. I had just that. And then you had to pass this damn SAT course the, or the GMAT. The GMAT is what I had to pass. Now you also had to have some letters of recommendation. I was trying to, to also have almost the administrator and the professors pulling for me. Right. I took it that one time and I failed. I took it a second time and failed. Now I'm starting to get like frantic. Like I don't know if I'm right. like this stupid test that literally has nothing to do with real estate yeah. whatsoever can right. hold me back from right. a potential grand for my family. And so that's when I started like, I'm going to win these people over and maybe they'll something. make an exception. And so I started every day, Monday through Friday for a year. I would call the administrator for this program. It was at 7 a.m. I knew when she got in there. And when she answered the call, she already knew who it was going to be. But she answered the phone. And I would go, good morning, Pam! Literally every single morning, right? And I'm sure it was annoying at first. Right? Right, but right, then, it, then, right. it, then she started looking forward to it. And right. I knew... With that kind of conviction, that personality, yes. that perseverance, she's now talking to professors. The professors are hearing about me. And so eventually everyone's pulling for me. Now that third time I finally took it, I passed. But I still have to then be approved by the professors. They only allow yeah. 30 students a year in the entire world. I mean, I'm competing against China, Japan, U.S., mm. you know, all, all of these pretty smart folks to come through this program. And it, it became fun for me. It was cool to be able to make that phone call, do that yell, know that I was, you know, almost inserting myself in their heart and in their brains. Yeah. And that was my only path. I had trained my brain to where this is all I'm going to do. Right. I don't have a backup plan. Like right. there's no, I'm not going to be a trainer. Real estate's what I want to be. I see 800 people paying for a $25 million asset. I never see the owners. Every 91% of every millionaire owns real estate. Yeah. Like I'm reading all these things through schooling. I'm like, this is where I need to be. Man, that was uh, that's powerful. <laughs> <laughs> like, kind of, I gotta. Good morning, 
I can see it. The power, the power of positivity. Let's just right. talk about that Absolutely. for just a second. Yeah. You remaining positive, and like Andy, talk about gains health and fitness and the fitness industry. Yeah. Andy always says the story you tell yourself, story you were telling yourself for a year, yeah. every day for a year, is that no is not an option. Losing, right. failing, right. it's not an option. There's other ways. I, I appreciate the pivot point there because you said, okay, I've got to win them over because my GRE isn't or GMAT or whatever yeah. GMAT isn't going to get me there or possibly could not at the time. How do I find to. another way? And, yeah. and back to not letting failure take you down, you said, okay, I got to pivot. I got to win them. Right. I, I got to hit this on multiple facets. So instead of laying down or instead of just hitting the books, because I'm sure you hit the books, right? You found other ways, and and that I covering think, all your bases. Well, and and your style, you're an outgoing, fellow. right? <laughs> so I mean, you played into your strength, yeah. which probably forming those relationships probably motivated you to study more too, because now it's peer to peer. Now you're like, man, I've got to pass this because I've got a relationship with the professor and the director and whoever else within this organization. I, They're rooting for me, right? And it's almost to quit at that point was insane. Right? Circular yeah. motivation, right? You're giving it to them, and they're giving it back to you, even subconsciously, yeah. the undercurrents of that. Which is why a lot of health experts would tell you to announce you're going to yes. start a weight loss program, peer, tell peer your to friends. Sure. Yeah. It's super powerful, man. I mean, it's yeah. super right. powerful. I just I just can't let someone down. I remember being younger, if I ever borrowed money, like my entire existence was, was to pay, pay that person back as soon as possible. I mean, I just um, could not have that reputation over behalf of me. Pretty, pretty sure I read somewhere on the motivation pyramid, shame is the peak, right? It's Okay. Uh, being shame or, or disappointing someone else is the most powerful see that. motivation in human psychology. I can totally so, see that, man, for yeah, sure. Uh, no doubt. So outside of all those calls, you get into the school, you, you kind of work within the industry. You've Now you're a co-owner, you're a partner within yep. a group. Again, taking that leap and giving that up because there's being an outgoing person, you know, there's a point where being part of a group is good for you. Yeah. I mean, we talked about that motivational <laughs> side of, of the professors and announcing that, but now you're on your own. You're a lone, lonely loner. Right. Doing your lonely things. <laughs> well, I mean, there's a couple things there. There's giving up the ownership. There is being on your own and having the courage to move forward with both of those. Tell us about that kind of decision making and, yeah. and what kind of helped that along. Owning the company, and we had a hundred agents and like a dozen staff members. That was awesome. Gave me a lot of great experience. But at the same time, my income from sales was so much more than the income I was receiving as an owner that it became almost not worth it. And also, my partners, who were the main ones running the business, weren't earning their fair share. It made sense for us to me sell back my portion and move forward. But I also did some polling. So I pulled my top 20 customers and said, hey, what if I'm thinking about selling my franchise, going on my own, starting my own boutique business. And in my business, being an independent as a multifamily broker is very, very rare. Most multifamily brokers are under a national brand or a publicly traded brokerage. Does that I, lend credibility? I mean, uh, what, what, yeah, I mean, to institutional type assets, yeah. meaning like $60, $70 million assets. Right. The people who own those are usually a national company, a publicly traded company, a REIT. And so they want to be able to hire another publicly traded brokerage so they could tell their investors, we're, we hired the biggest company in the world. And they know who they are. Right. It, they can't it, say, we hired Bo Beery. The hell is Bo Beery? Right. 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 right, I mean, right. right. 
So, so my customer is from that wealthier mom and pop all the way to a pretty good size syndication or whatever. So I pulled my top 20 customers and said, hey, if I sold these franchises, one of my own, you know, what are your thoughts? Would you still do business with me? Does this mean anything at all? Right. What do you think others would think of me? And every single one of them was, Bo, like, I do business with you. you. Mm. I don't do business with your company. And, and nothing against a Cobalt Banker or yeah, a Marcus Amilichap or C. Richard Ellis, whatever it is. When you become good enough at what you do, it's you they want. That goes back to that personal brand you were talking about. It's that's, the personal brand. That's what you were building. Yeah. That's and always building. I think anyone listening to this, no matter what industry you're in, start building your own personal brand. Create your own website. Yeah. Call it bobeery.com or whatever your name is. Start building up your portfolio and taking right. pictures and journaling and getting testimonials from your customers. And, right. You, know, you can be doing doing that on the side right okay? right your employer should not want to stop they may see where this is going right but every boss at some point if they're great bosses well, want to you. see you prosper yeah. and move on and become something great they know they're not going to be able to harness a tremendous talent forever it's going to happen it's right. inevitable. They, they, they use it until it's gone right, right. <laughs> I mean. and so all of the customers supported me i'm like all right i, I know this is legit i know yeah. i've done this right that's giving you confidence yeah. Yeah, the customer side of that. You know, what's it been like being on your own? It was awesome. What was neat is the last couple of years of owning the franchises, I worked from the house anyway. When I was in the office, I would always have people coming in and interrupting and asking questions. And so it's funny, I'm outgoing when I need to be. But when you and I walk in the gym or you and I walk in the gym, we're a different person. We're business, right? right? Like I don't want to talk. I'm not sitting around in between sets. Like I'm right. there to get something done. Right. And it's the same way for me in work. When I'm sitting in that chair with that lap desk and I have my laptop on there, I got a job to get done. I didn't miss the social part of it. I have an employee. We talk. You know, my wife works with me. She's here all day with me. I get to be here with my kids until they right. leave for school at 8. They get back at, you know, 3, 4 o'clock. I'm with them here. And so I have my circle. And I've made it a point, And I teach this to become friends with my customers, to make this more than just business. Real estate, just like any business, is a major people business, right? Yeah. When I get listings, I'm already thinking of the 10 or 15 people who I want to take this to right away. There's 10,000 yeah. people who want this apartment complex, right, right. but I know 10 or 15 who we're, we're friends, we do a lot of business together, they have great reputations, mm -hmm. they like me, I'm saving their cell phones. And so, you know, those are friendships they I like to create. They, they answer when they see your I haven't missed a beat. It's done fantastic. I actually had my best year ever, my very first year ever, ever in business. Wow. So yeah, it's been awesome. Yeah, that's great. So I wanted to touch back on that personal brand and yeah. dig into it a little deeper yeah. for a second. I think that that's something that people can start to develop at any age almost, right? Yeah. Or any point in their journey. So when you talk about your personal brand and maybe it's all of these things, but is it, how do you define it? What is your definition of yours personally so that not so that somebody can copy it, but so somebody can model one after it? Is it, yeah. is it core values, a mission statement, a vision for where you're headed? You know, and is your personal one different from the companies that you advertise? Yeah, no, all of that. Fantastic questions. When I worked for somebody else, and you know, you don't have to be a marketing expert. I'm not talking about becoming a, a marketing or a branding company and creating all kinds of logos and having this big social media presence. It's more about logging and journaling and sort of everything that you've done that you're proud of in whatever industry you're in or your resource, saving it somewhere. 
I personally think everyone should create a website. I mean, even mm-hmm. in construction, to have a mattwebster.com, and right. these are the projects I've built, these are testimonials from people, here's awards I've gotten, here's what I can do for you. If you're starting a construction project, here's what I suggest. You know, it's almost like you're showing the kind of value you can add to someone all along the way so that whenever it is the time that you make that leap, like you have this tremendous amount of inventory to like day one, once it's organized, make a splash. And all along the way, when I work for someone, I always celebrated my victories, talked about how I helped someone, and I'm huge on free content. So what separates me and my business, what I'm known for, is my data. So I am constantly adding value and adding data to the people who own these real estate apartment complexes without ever asking for their business. I don't ever call someone and say, hey, you got a great apartment complex. Do you want to sell with me? In every direction, through emails, phone calls, text messages to the people I know, through social media, particularly LinkedIn and YouTube, I'm always just putting out extremely helpful content that helps them, that doesn't tout me or build me up or say, hey, look at how smart I am as a broker. It's just here is resourceful information. And I'm flooding these people with information so that when it's time for them to sell, I'm all they think. So if you were a construction guy or you sold a widget, all along the way while you're working for someone and you know you're going to eventually have your own business, put out constant free content as the expert. And by that alone, what happens is while you're working for someone or while you're growing up in the business, your trajectory to owning your own thing is going to be sped up because you've put out there what you're capable of. But people think because they work for someone, they don't want to do that because it just makes someone else rich. Then you're doing it wrong. And I'm not saying you're blowing your own whistle the whole time. There's a way in which you put out content and information and an aura and a brand at which people love the information. But then the second thought is that dude knows his right? Like if he ever is in the future. If I need that. Right. right. Yeah, that's the guy. I'm see, going people to. know what I do. People, the people right. who own these apartment complexes, they know I don't make money until I sell an apartment complex. I don't have to keep announcing. I don't have to keep asking for the business. Right. I just want to enrich their lives as much as possible, so that when that time comes, I occupy their brain. That's it. Right. Right. So you've defined your customer experience. The customer that you know you want, you know that they consider you to be the expert. That's, that's right. the customer experience that you've built. That that's you've right. Developed. right. Right. Well said. And that's <laughs> has to do with going back to the niche. When you niched it down, the byproduct of that is becoming an expert. Yeah. The deeper you dive into that product or segment or industry or service, like it's amazing the kind of things you can come up with that no one else has. Because you're focused on it. You're focused on it. It's all yeah. you do. I purposely put out a graph and 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 by the way everything I put out is something you can read or look at in 10 seconds okay we're in a world in which nobody reads reports short short attention right nobody wants 60 page stuff in the construction industry I'm sure there's all kinds of PDFs there's 60 pages nobody reads that junk right Right. Right. everything I put out is something that if it's a mailing or an email or social media message or something I'll text someone something hey did you know boom 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 Right. 10 seconds. And people absorb that. But if they see a 8 megabyte file in your email right. address, they're never looking at it. In fact, not only are they not looking at it, <laughs> they, don't, they don't even like you. Right, right. Because you right. Sent it to them. Them. 
Right. right. Hey, my, my yeah, box. you're right. I mean, why is TikTok blown up so fast as it did? Because it's Bam! 10 seconds. 10 right. seconds. 10 it seconds. is my favorite yeah. thing to look at on the crapper. <laughs> I can look at 37 things right, when I'm on the toilet, and that's why I love it. Right. Right. So 370 seconds. So you're getting out of there, divided by 60. Right. You, got, you got about six minutes per crap. I got you now. Man. I, I know you at a different level now. This is a whole other experience define. Solid podcast. Let's go back to the relationships, right? Because you're getting to know these people, as, as we just got to know each other better here. Right? Right. But it's about building the relationships. You are providing value to them. And so any friend I think you have out there and the friends you want to be around aren't ones that suck energy from you. They're ones that give energy, you know, and so you're giving along the way. You're building the relationship, building the friendship. You're the expert. I want to do business with Bo on multiple levels, right. not just one, not just he's the yeah. expert. You know what? He's an asshole, but he's the expert. <laughs> I got to go with Bo. <laughs> It's all levels, and so it's such the easy button that you've created. And I know you were like joking about the asshole part, but I think another. <laughs> no, no, I mean. Uh, but what if I wasn't? <laughs> Let's talk about grit. And, yeah. By the way, how awesome is this podcast that I'm going to perish? Yeah, right. yeah. I, I need you to have the grit to finish this, even though he called you now. I think the other part of this though is I have learned that while people have to feel like you're an expert, they do want to like you. In any business, right? yeah. I've lost listings all the time to a single family agent who has never sold an apartment complex in his or her life ever, but but they were friends with they, they were neighbors. They went sure. to church. Cousin. Right. Matt trained him at the gym. Whatever, yeah. whatever that might be. Steps, right? to, steps to cousin. Yeah. Right. yeah. It's just Somebody that relationship that. is yeah. so powerful. Yeah. You know, and these people, I mean, for someone they're friends with, they won't even research what they've sold, right. done, accomplished, right? So back in the day in my 20s, I would say, I'm the number one this, and I've sold this much inventory, and I've done all that. Nobody cares. Right. People, right. people yeah. want to know you're good at what you do, but they also want to like you. There's a point where your actions should speak for who you are, not you speaking for yourself. Yeah. Right? And you get in those 20s and you're, you're, you're trying to prove yourself. But building that base of 10 years, you build relationships all through those 10 years. Being with yep. Coldwell Banker, you built relationships with those. You are now solidifying those relationships with what you're doing on your own, giving them content as the expert, really, again, kind of closing the deal before the deal happens. Now you're yeah. that person that takes mm. a deal out from underneath someone, right? So how many agents do you think are really upset at you as a sole agent out right. there and, and the big company's like man look at the company like we've got all these listings around the nation and Booberry comes in and says right that's mine thanks <laughs> right i mean yeah. you're that person yeah because as many of as have been taken from you you've taken sure from other people absolutely, absolutely. but you don't see that side of it you know what you lost but you don't necessarily know what you've gained that's right to me it was always an uncomfortable phone call to call someone and ask for their business but i felt like if i could put out enough value to them that they would call me. That's been my thing is my, my biggest joy is when someone calls me and says, hey, I've been following you for X number of years or hey, someone so-and-so told me to call you. I said like you did this for so-and-so right. on his asset. That's what gets me juiced, Charged right? Up. Because yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I never, I didn't ask them. I didn't create some storyline on why they should sell. They right. contact me because they probably like me and I'm an expert or right. someone told them so. He's a good guy. He's a good guy. <laughs> right. Oh, well, then in that case, I've been hiring assholes for 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. Six minute craps. Yeah. Yeah. I can work with that guy. <laughs> yeah. 
with what I'm signing him up to help me with something, like I always expect it. So maybe possibly go to you know crap or innuendos or this might be my most exciting podcast yet though. This is good. Good. That's really good. Uh, So yeah. So that really that goes back again to niching it down. It's like real estate, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but similar to construction, I feel mm-hmm. like there's a contractor on every street corner in this town. Yeah. And there's definitely yeah. a re- every family has a realtor in it. Absolutely. Pretty much. So you're overcoming. I mean, that's a huge barrier to entry for someone who maybe is fresh out of high school, knows they don't want to go to college, thinks that real estate might be for them, but they know three real estate agents yeah. already. But maybe you have to be a generalist to a certain extent when sure. you get started. But at some point, you find that thing to differentiate yourself. And maybe it's, you know, $10 million custom homes. Maybe it's industrial. Like you said, like we specialize, my concrete company specializes in industrial. And that's our mid. There's definitely benefit to that no matter what industry you're in, I think. Yeah, I, I think you're totally right. You have to start somewhere. But I think... I certainly underestimated starting off how grossly incompetent the public is sure. uh, at their jobs. And so just calling people back, yes. returning yes. an email, saying right. yes, sir, and no, ma'am, showing yeah. up when you're saying you're going to do, it separated me from everybody. Yes, I had some work ethic and had some good mentors along the way, but it wasn't until I get into my 30s and 40s I start recognizing yeah. like people don't do this. Right. People don't right. return calls. People we, aren't polite. Yeah. People we, aren't. It's we, crazy. We, we talked to uh, Rick Stop and do what you say you would do. Yes. It is one of his big mantras, right? And it's that simple. So simple. So simple. And everyone says it. Right. And, and the thing is, is the people who aren't doing well think they are doing those things. Right. Right. But they don't even know they're not. Right. Yeah. That's what I've found is that right. someone the thinks they're organized or they're doing this correctly right. or they're putting this together right, but they're not. Right? Yeah. Just, yeah. There's always something it's that's It's a off. lack of self-awareness. Yes. Uh, that's a huge yeah. problem. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, and <laughs> I can even, words. even from my own perspective, I would say that I didn't have that. That's something that I gained later in life. Like it mm. took me. You're so old. At some point <laughs> going through. I know. Sorry. Later in life. Respectfully, where I'm sitting right now. Anyway, again, that 10 year, 8 to 10 year plateau period, somewhere in those 10,000 hours, is when I gained that Mm. self awareness of. Okay, this is where I really fit in. This is what I'm really good at. And I know a lot less than I thought I knew. I know, yeah, at some point you realize you don't what you don't know. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And versus I, trying to prove what I, you I do wish know. I had a, That's it. I you, wish I had my yeah. in your early ages. You're a, just like prove, 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 right, prove. prove. Chest beating. This is right. what I've done. Hire me, hire me. This is why, this is why. Right, right? Yeah. And it's just, just doing the normal stuff separates right. you from everybody. Well, again, but then it flips. Then it flips going, holy crap, how much I don't know. Yeah. Right? <laughs> that self-awareness. But that, Unless you try to prove... And the more you try to learn, right. then all of a sudden you become more knowledgeable than the right. rest and when turn, you make that and, turn. And, and, and you're not your trying ego, to prove. Yes. Turn that ego off yes. and let it happen. Start to absorb it. Don't be embarrassed of it or afraid of it. And I actually have a blog post on the website about this very thing. So everybody should check it www.gritgrowth.org and check that out. I modified the Dunning-Kruger effect, which is basically a relationship between confidence and knowledge. Have you mm. ever seen that? It's, no. it's a great it's really interesting um, but basically yeah that's it it's before you get to that plateau or in the beginning of that plateau we'll call it or that slow and steady grind 
yeah. to get off the plateau, you reach a valley, you know, or some people at Green, we like to call it, you got to get over that hump. It seems like, again, you're hitting a, a glass ceiling or something's right. holding you back and you know there's more. It's a slow and steady climb out of there. And the Dunning-Kruger effect is research that was done on that very topic. And it's been modified for lots of different industries. But it's a super common, repetitive, it, it happens to everyone. Yeah. But it's so easy to sit there. And again, the story you tell yourself is, that guy's got it easy. Oh, look at what Bo has. Oh, I wish. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, if I had. It's so easy, man. Anyone <laughs> yeah, can do it if Bo can do it. <laughs> but if I if I had the money or if I had the followers or if I had the YouTube channel, right. you don't just have those things. You built those things. Right. And it takes years. And that's it's hard to hear. But uh, again, I'm just I hope that somebody who is discouraged or on the fence hear that story and look at the the positivity, yeah. right, and the energy and what it's done for you, right? And it didn't happen overnight. And nothing happens overnight. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. So check out the blog. Yeah, it's <laughs> awesome. But you know, it for you and kind of listening to your story, and you got to that point of confidence. But there also got to the point of confidence in yourself to be an owner. Mm-hmm. to be a seller, confidence to kind of get into a niche, confidence to go out on your own. But none of that did I hear kind of the ego side of it like in the beginning of your career. Right. You were able to put <laughs> that down to then focus on what you really were passionate about Yeah. to then share that, right? Because that can be scary. I mean, I'm giving all this to my competition. What are you, you, know, what are you doing? Now, now everyone's going to know that. But that has only propelled you forward. People asking them, like, well, you're giving away all your secrets in management. It's like, well, that's past. Yeah. We continue to propel forward. So you don't know what we're doing now. Right. You're only seeing what we've done in the past. <laughs> that's so true. Right? But that's where you're at. Yeah. You're continuing to advance yourself. So there's not that plateau, but you still have that drive driving yourself forward, which is pretty darn awesome, man. I Thank love you. it. I love seeing it. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Well-deserved. So how do you maintain it? What perpetuates it? Well, now that you've defined and discovered that purpose for your life, what do, keeps you, me hungry? do you wake up yeah. with that same prey drive every day? It's so weird. I don't know if it's because I didn't grow up with money, but I always have this perpetual fear of not having money again. And that drives me more than anything else because I didn't have it hard growing up, but we didn't have what we have today. And my parents divorced at 16. I went live with my mom. She was a teacher. We live on teacher salary. We rented, you know, we didn't have the greatest cars. We always got everything paid for, right? Right. But you weren't poverty. Weren't poverty, no. Right, but weren't rich. It just drives me every day that I want to make sure my pipeline of business goes forever. And that gives me this peace of mind that you you almost can't describe. Like it's this, the ability to lay your head down at night and know, it's all good because of the work I put in. Right. So if that's and been, do my hobbies and yeah. spend time with the family. Yeah. So if that's been your drive, and this this is something I ask too. How do your kids find their drive when they've lived a different life than you did mm. growing up? Mm. Kind of what will that be for them, you think? It's a great question. Melissa and I talk about that all the time, man. Yeah, is, same. I mean, the only thing we know how to do is what others have told us to do who are in similar situations, which is letting them know this isn't normal. Right. Other mommies and daddies don't have these cars, this house, this job, and we worked for it. And here's our journey, and here's what we did. Right, the work. The grit. And as a matter of fact, my my 17-year-old is going to be doing the editing on this. Melissa's teaching him how to do this. He'll be hearing this. I want him to hear this. He's heard this before, but to now have two other guys who had to to grit it out. And so I don't know the the final answer. All I can do is just keep telling them that, you know, we ain't going to be giving you stuff. You're going to have to work for it. (laughs) And, And what's amazing is, 
is, you know, my 17 year old, I would say in the last couple of years has started to notice of those who are successful, what their journey was, what, right. what, what they do now. Like he notices their grind, their work ethic, his friends. He notices the ones who are copying papers from him, right. who right. are asking him to do some work and right. what their lives look like and, and how their reputation is among right. their peers. And then he right. look at the ones who are destined for greatness, who are probably going to be valedictorians mm -hmm. and how they act and what their reputation is to others. Yeah. And we tell them at dinner tables, you know, that one kid who's probably going to be top two or top three in the class, there's going to be people working for him. Here's the type yeah. of companies. By the way, here's my buddy who was in that same position. Here's what he does today. Right. right. Like, right. Right. And so it's, it's, it's also sort of removing the uncoolness factor of work ethic and smart right, and, right. and being the guy who gets good grades right, right. and finally getting to realize like how you are now is, is a lot of how you're going to be later on. Right. Yeah. It's not right. portrayed as glamorous in media or right. you know, movies yeah. or wherever, but it leads to it. it you know, grinding yeah. it out is what leads to the glamour. Just that's right. The, the grind isn't glamorous, but what's after it is. And that's, right. that's what you got to, that's the connection you got to make well, so he needs to he needs to hear the podcast for sure you know, yeah. he needs to subscribe yeah right yeah right, right, right. Subscribe on youtube <laughs> right um, and then share it to all of his friends and get them all them hooked for sure so my wife found me this book it's called grit the power of passion and perseverance um, it's by angela duckworth and she's a psychology researcher i believe in pennsylvania it's a fantastic book she does most of her work on childhood grit Ooh. development ah. um, so she basically Basically developed a chip on her shoulder as a kid long story short because her dad's favorite thing to say about her and her brother was well you're no genius so you're never gonna go you're never gonna do this or do that because you're no genius basically mm. she developed this nagging yeah. feeling about that for her whole life and and dedicated her life to I don't know how she would phrase it but the way I look at it is basically proving him wrong mm. and, yeah. and that's what I, that's where I and say, that was her fire yeah. and that yeah. was her yeah. exactly that exactly the research shows again like I said before we started recording tenacity triumphs over talent all day every day mm. that is her research that's the crux of it and it's, yeah. it goes from spelling bee champs in fifth grade all the way to soccer pro, players we pro athletes about. Yeah. Right. Um, tenacity and, right. and ceos of fortune 100s it's it's again it, right. they all have something that they, they derive that prey drive and that burn from mm -hmm. And then again, they grind it out, and they have the tenacity. And over the the raw talent, it's the the guys with raw talent that don't have to work for it when they're young. Yeah, end up burning mm -hmm. out, right. phasing mm -hmm. out. Yeah, when when the real work hits. When the real work hits, <laughs> exactly. So that's it, man. That's uh, that's that in a nutshell. But it's a great book. I highly recommend it. It's long and it's academic. It's not super practical. Yeah. But I think it's not at a at a level that a high schooler couldn't understand. I mean, if you right? if you so read it at six minute increments, you know, once a day. <laughs> yeah. 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 You'll get it done yeah. pretty quick. On the crapper. Exactly. <laughs> You're picking up what I'm putting down. Meet <laughs> around the bush. It's already out there now. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of just like to do a little recap of, sure. of what we've heard, Bo. I mean, and, and there's been a lot here. You know, some of the things that stick out to me as I go through and, and starting out in that kind of personal training, that was the dream job. Yes. Right? And then making that shift, going back to school, the dedication that you had to get back into the master's program, you know, is phenomenal. Yeah. Again, the resilience, the dedication on that, coming out and then putting in your time, kind of going, all right, I've got to figure this out. I got to get my 10,000 hours. And whether you framed it at that point in time, 10, 10 years, hours, yeah, 10 working years, for somebody else. Right. Yeah. It, it, yeah, absolutely. So it's really 20,000, right? Yeah. 20, <laughs> 2,080 right. hours is a, is a standard, standard yeah, right. times 10. Right. 
then having that courage to say, hey, I'm going to buy into this company. I'm going to be partners. I'm going to be working hard at this. And, and really at that point, having that confidence to jump off. Mm-hmm. That self-confidence to say, you know what, I believe in myself, I can do this on my own, and see it through, and you've been very successful. But also then to narrow down that field from, from a generalist to being very specific and focusing in on that. Again, yeah. that, that had to be scary. I think about that, and you know, I'm just like, oh, you're like, diversify, diversify, diversify. And it's like, you were doing the opposite to be very successful. I think that's awesome, man. Just to hear this time and time again with, with your personal brand, relationships, you know, how all that pays off. It doesn't happen all at once. It's right. momentum built over time, uh, having that resilience to, to just kind of keep chugging. I give it to you, brother. It's been great. Thank you, know? you very much. I appreciate you guys yeah. having me on here, man. Yeah. It's, it's a blast. It's, it's inspiring. And My it's... face actually hurts. <laughs> <laughs> you got to exercise that more. I yeah. know. <laughs> Uh, if you would like to do a testimonial for the podcast and I will tell be. everyone how fun it is, that would be great. <laughs> it's, it's a blast. I'll definitely be doing that. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah, we really appreciate it. It's inspirational and motivational, but at the same time, it's you real. just proved to us that discipline is greater than motivation. Thanks, man. Hope you see you guys in the next one. All right. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Grit Growth Podcast with hosts Carson Stefanelli and Matt Webster. We sincerely hope you were inspired by the interview and found at least one useful tool or tactic to implement in your own life. Now, level up by taking immediate action. Apply one lesson learned to your life as soon as possible to make sure it sticks. Post it and tag us to increase accountability. You can join the Grit Growth Movement to restore American grit to its former glory by building an unprecedented force of conquerors, both in business and in life, at www.gritgrowth.org and wherever you're active on the socials. Please also drop a rating and review on your podcast app as it goes a long way in helping the movement gain traction. Now, don't let this inspiration go to waste. Commit to conquer. Lead your life. Leave a legacy. Gather your grit and go get after it.